0: Today's first reading is from the first chapter of Joshua uh, 1 through 9, and it is from the New Revised Standard Version of the Bible. It's God's commission to Joshua. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, My servant Moses is dead. Now proceed to cross the Jordan, you and all this people into the land that I am giving to them, to the Israelites. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you as I promised to Moses. From the wilderness and the Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea in the west shall be your territory. No one shall be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not fail you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall put this people in possession of the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. Only be strong and very courageous, being careful to act in accordance with all the law that my servants servant Moses commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left so that you may be successful wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth. You shall meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to act in accordance with all that is written in it. For then you shall make your way prosperous and then you shall be successful I hereby command you be strong and courteous and courageous. Do not f- be frightened or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Our second lesson this morning comes to us from the letter to from 1 John, the fourth chapter. Let us listen again for God's word for us. This morning we'll be hearing this from Eugene Peterson's translation, The Message. My dear, dear friends, if God loved us like this, we certainly ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, ever But if we love one another, God dwells deeply within us and his love becomes complete in us, perfect love. And this is how we know we're living steadily and deeply in him and he in us. He's given us life from his life from his very own spirit. Also, we've seen for ourselves and continue to state openly that the Father sent his Son as Savior of the world. Everyone who confesses that Jesus is God's Son participates continuously in an intimate relationship with God. We know it so well. We've embraced it heart and soul, this love that comes from God. God is love. When we take up permanent residence in a life of love, we live in God and God lives in us. This way, love has the run of the house becomes at home and mature in us so that we're free of worry on judgment day. Our standing in the world is identical with Christ. There is no room in love for fear. Well-formed love banishes fear. Since fear is crippling, a fearful life, fear of death, fear of judgment is one that not yet fully formed in love We, though, are going to love, love, and be loved. First we were loved, now we love. He loved us first. If anyone boasts, I love God. and goes right on hating his brother or sister, thinking nothing of it. They are a liar. If they won't love the person they can see, how can they love the God they can't? see the command we have from christ is blunt loving god includes loving people you've got to love both friends this is the word of our lord thanks be to god so what were you scared of as a child what were you scared of Was it the monsters under your bed? Was it the monster that had its way in your closet and once you turned the light off, you were sure it was there? Was it your first day of elementary school or the first day in a new neighborhood? What were you scared of? When we go to Dr. Seuss's book, what was I scared of? Their light, pale green pants. If you can see far from away, light, pale green pants that become a cipher in some sense for the other. Sometimes we are scared of the other. People who aren't like us. The alien, the stranger, the foreigner those who are not like us. And Dr. Seuss tells the story of that fear that can grip us in the face of the other. And the truth is is that in our world right now, the media and the way that news is portrayed in the airwaves and on the all around us, we are being taught to be frightened of those not like us, of the other, the stranger, the alien. Whether you're on the left or the right, partisan politics has us believing that there is someone out there, there's an other, there's these light green pants that we need to be scared of, that we need to be fearful of. There's an other, Stranger, one different who doesn't think or believe or act or look like us, of whom we need to be afraid. Very afraid. And I begin to wonder why. Why does it seem that the currency of our current culture is fear? Why is it that the world around us wants to constantly keep us afraid? Over the past few years, I've been reading a lot about how our brains work and how our brains process information. And one of the things that scientists tell us is that we have this reptilian brain and then a mammalian brain and then this human brain and that fear sits right down there in our reptilian brain. It's that fear, fight, fight, or freeze reaction. And that in the plains of Africa, when we were but a young species, it was very good to have a heightened sense of fear because you did not know what the rustle in the bushes was. When you heard something or you saw someone for the first time you didn't know, friend or foe, and so our brains were developed to have this immediate reaction. But the reality is, is we're no longer on the plains of Africa and live in a relatively safe and secure world. But because that reaction is so instinctual, at times... We can be manipulated and used because we are afraid. One writer writes that it's like an elephant and a rider. That our instinctual responses, our intuitions, our sort of part of our brains that work without us even thinking about it are like our elephant. And our rational brain that we think, we are so proud of is like a rider trying to steer that elephant. I don't know about you, but my imagination begins to think of trying to steer an elephant is a pretty hard job. And so if you can get the elephant pointed in some way, it's very hard for the rider to turn it another way. And so, in some sense, I think the world constantly wants to keep us afraid so our elephants are running in this or a way or in fear. Because when we're afraid, we often become worried and anxious and angry. And I don't know about you, but as my children were growing up, one of the things I constantly said to them is: you cannot make good decisions when you're angry or fearful, take a deep breath, and let the rider overcome or redirect the elephant. So I think in some sense, the the world constantly wants us to be afraid, because when we are afraid, we're easily manipulated. When we're afraid, we are easily convinced that there are others out there who are responsible for all the problems of the world, and if we could just get rid of those others, then life would be okay. When we're afraid, the elephant takes over, and the rider has little control. And it's right at that moment, in a world that constantly wants to keep us afraid, But the gospel comes in and collides and says, do not fear. You know, it was the message that every angel always began. There's a pair of pale green pants coming to surprise you, right? An angel appears, and that would be scary. The first thing every angel, as we reaffirmed, as we began worship this morning, says is do not be afraid. (coughs) Do not be afraid. If the currency of our current culture is fear, the currency of the gospel is love. Remember that. The currency of the world around us right now is fear. The currency of the good news of Jesus Christ is love. And we see that not only in the story of Jesus, but we see it as Joshua is about to enter into a new phase in his life. He's become a a leader. He has to lead the people into an unknown place. And it would be a fearful time, the fear of the unknown. And God says, don't worry, do not be afraid, I am with you. Be strong and courageous. Joshua reminds us that God is always with us, saying to us, do not fear. I am here. Be strong and courageous. And then, in case we miss the point, the writer of 1 John is simply blunt. Blunt. Love, cast out fear. Love, cast out fear. You know, sometimes in my own spiritual journey, in my own spiritual life, one of the blood pressure checks I do or one of the pulse just to see how I am and my vital signs is how afraid am I? How afraid am I? If love casts out fear, and Christ is perfect love, how afraid am I? Remember, the gospel has the currency of love. The world at times wants us to be afraid. And we as Christians are those who come into the world to share the good news of God's love. And that looks, as First John goes on to say, not in just saying that we love God, but then how do we love our brothers and sisters? How do we love our neighbors and enemies? How do we love the pale green pants in the world. Are we willing to risk, to, to take a chance, and to meet the other? Because again, First John's very blunt. Anyone who says they love God and hates a neighbor is a liar. The commandment we have is this. Not only love the God who we haven't seen, but love those who we have seen. Last week I had the opportunity to be up in the mountains of Kentucky with our young people on part of our Appalachian Service Project. And what always amazes me is the power of the face to face interaction with these kids who come from Jacksonville and Ponte Vedra, mostly here at Palms, strong, middle, upper-class kids, and they come face-to-face with these people who are utterly different, living in poverty, but who always welcome them and receive them in love. And so as much as we build warmer, safer, drier homes, as much as we make floors safe to walk on and protect houses with roofs, the amazing transformative moment of those Appalachian Service Project trips is the relationships that are formed because people look at each other face-to-face who come from different situations and realize that they are sharing a common humanity of love. Last fall we had a revived civility event here, something that I think we all want to have happen in our world. And there was a revived civility pledge that you could take after that event. And what it said in the first statement was go up to someone you know who is different in their political opinions than you, and actually listen. Take them to lunch. Form a relationship with them. Because remember, there's a currency of fear. And we are those who operate in a currency of love. Stephen Carter was a professor of law at Yale University, one of the first African-American professors of law at Yale He's written a lot of wonderful books. And in one of those books, he talks about moving into a white middle-class neighborhood in 1966 as the first African-American family to move into that situation. And sitting on the front porch and just kind of watching the neighbors go by. And there was one neighbor across the street who made cream, cheese, and cucumber sandwiches. You know those little finger sandwiches that people used to make that I'm glad we no longer make? (laughs) And this woman had a platter of them. And she simply walked across the street and offered that platter to him as he sat on the porch and welcomed that family. And he said, that's where I learned what civility was all about. The willingness of this woman to walk across and meet the other so that a relationship could be formed. To change the currency of fear to a currency of love. Each morning I get a Meditation from Henry Nowen, a retired Catholic priest. And sometimes they are right on target and sometimes they miss where I am for the day. But this morning, it was right on target. And it said this. To become neighbors is to bridge the gap between people. As long as there is a distance between us and we cannot look in each other's eyes... All sorts of false ideas and images arise. We give them names, make jokes about them, cover them with our prejudices, and avoid direct contact. We think of them as our enemies. We forget that they love as we love, care for their children as we care for ours, become sick and die. As we do, we forget that they are our brothers and sisters and treat them as objects that can be destroyed at will. Only when we have the courage to cross the street and look in one another's eyes can we see that there that see there that we are all children of the same God, members of the same human. There is no room in love for fear. Perfect love. Cast out fear. So, what are you afraid of?